Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you'll learn from the experiences of America's most innovative and successful farmers as they shorten your learning curve, increase your yield, ROI, and profit. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Sylvia's Financial, the company that offers customized risk management solutions for your farming operation. Sylvia's Financial integrates crop insurance with government programs and grain and cattle marketing to achieve profitability for your farm. And now, here is your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to a fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve, where we are today talking about cattle. We're talking about cattle marketing, talking about how to not get burned when you are a cattle producer. Some of you that are listening and watching this might not even be in the cattle business, but you know what? I want you to stick around because this is very educational because I got two experts. I've got Jared Clark. He's the CEO of Sylvia's Financial, and he is a cattle producer himself in Texas. I also have Fidel Bursiaga, who's a cattle risk advisor with Soviet's Financial. You know what? You eat steak. You eat cheeseburgers. You, you do this. Uh, maybe you raise cattle and eat steaks and cheeseburgers. But the point is, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens between you eating that burger and that calf uh, out there on the range that then ends up getting raised and put in a feed yard and then put on a truck and then made into cheeseburgers. And also there's a business there. And of course, we want you to be profitable if you are in that business. Again, even if you're not in that, we want you to be knowledgeable about that business. All right, real quickly, Fidel, we'll start with you. You're the cattle risk advisor. Uh, yes, sir. Cow-calf operators, Oklahoma, wherever, Arkansas, they're, they're out there. These beef cows have calves. And then about 500 pounds or so, they wean those calves, right? 600 pounds, let's say. Those calves go into a system and you help people from that point on, or even before that point, make money on their cattle. Kind of help from that calf getting weaned at 600 pounds goes somewhere and gets maybe raised up to 900 pounds. And then from there goes to a feed yard and then gets taken up to 1,350 pounds, let's say. And then it gets turned into cheeseburgers. Roughly, is that accurate? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Take, you, me, every you, step, you, you, take me every step along oh, the okay. way about what happens and how you can help people make money in that whole thing. What happens in that whole process? Yes, sir. So here with uh, Sylvia's Financial, we've got uh, we've got a system, software system, GridFlex. It's uh, on my hat. So. Uh, Risk management, that's that's our forte, uh, you know, and like you mentioned, we can, from cow-calf, from the, from the day that calf drops on the ground all the way to when it gets knocked at the packing plant. Um, utilizing that system, essentially what we do is we grab the inputs that a, that a raiser, cattle raiser or producer has as far as cost um, and any input that they have with that animal put it into the system um once that once it's in put it or calculated that system automatically it the profitability tracker essentially is what it does um and it 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 goes from the current market price so it's very it's very current gathers that information on the daily as the market moves and then it gives you a lot of guys you know it changes from operation to operation uh typically most of our current customers right now uh 
they buy these cattle and they, they sell them at seven or eight weights. Um, and that system tracks the profitability uh, and it gives you a better idea or a, a forecast of price of what, you're, what to expect in the future whenever you sell that, whenever you sell those, those contracts. Uh, a lot of times, you know, it, you don't know if, well, obviously we don't know what the market's going to do. That's why we're in the business, but uh, the, some guys are used to just, you know, selling their cattle at 700 pounds, 800 pounds. And uh, depending on what the market does, sometimes it's a little better to, you know, take them a little heavier or, or maybe vice versa, sell them a little lighter. So what the system does, uh, it's a tool uh, that facilitates the decision-making process of when it would be more profitable for your operation to get rid of those cattle. Uh, we manage that risk. We lock in with futures and options and we can, uh, it gives us the opportunity to place in test trades uh, for our clients to see what those futures and options would look like before you actually place them in or put those hedges on so all right jared uh we're gonna simplify that down a little bit he, he did what your he did what your people a lot of times do you talked you, you went right to hedges and, and puts and all that stuff that a lot of people don't understand all right jared has calves on his ranch in texas give me the layman's terms is it, what what uh fidel just told me is that he's telling you based on what sylvius is able to provide in way of data analytics you should sell these calves right now, but you don't sell them till you wean them anyhow. So I'm trying to figure out on a cow calf side, what the data analytics that he's providing uh, do to help me, because I thought you just sold them when you had them ready to go. Help me yeah. Out. Yeah. So uh, being in the cow calf, I, I've got all the options in front of me. Um, I can sell a wean calf. I can take this calf up to 800 pounds as a stalker or I can go through a stalker and I can even put them in a backgrounder. So I have the opportunity to do the whole thing. Basically what the, what we're looking at is as I look at these stalkers at 450, it's my profitability best to get them to 450, 500 pounds, wean them and sell them. What does my profitability look like? Does my profitability tell me, Hey, Jared, you should actually take these things to 800 pounds, mm -hmm. find the grass, find the wheat, hold on to them. Your profitability is better to take them all the way to 800 pounds. And once again, we can then look at it and help me help and also help producers make decisions. Should I take it all the way through the feed yard? Just okay. based off of profitability. Right, now here's the thing. To do all that, uh, Fidel, I, I got to know my cost of, of feed um, because the last time I looked, it takes about uh, what, seven or eight pounds of input to make a pound of beef uh, to make a pound of cow. Right. Um, so I, and right now grain is really expensive. Grass is less expensive. Wheat is somewhere between the two in terms of your cost of input. How do you punch that out? Do you do that for the producer or does the producer say, here's what I think it is because it seems to me, and a lot of agriculture, this is one of the big problems. I know a lot of farm people that don't really know their cost of inputs or their cost of production. Does that seem like an accurate assessment to you, Mr. Fidel? Absolutely. No, sir. Those numbers are provided to us by our clients. Uh, as you know, every operation is different. 
they're going to have different inputs. Every region in the United States is different. I mean, we've got clients in the Midwest, uh, here in the Texas Panhandle, as well as as well as the as well as the West. So uh, they provide all the input numbers. Their cost of cost of gain is what we call it: cost of gain per pound and how much they bought those cattle for, and or if it's a cow calf, how much money they've got invested in that cow calf unit. So yeah, all those numbers are provided by our our clients. All right. So but Damien, I'm, I'm going to jump in and say, even though all of those are provided by our clients yep. because of the range, I mean, Fidel has a lot of customers. He, since he sees so many sets of numbers, he can tell when something's fishy. They're not trying to screw we, anybody. They might just be wrong. Right. Yep. That's right. It, and, and through a set of numbers, we can look at something and go, man, on average, we're running 90 cent gains. And Fidel sees a 60 cent number, he's going, hey, you got to have something to back up this 60 cent number. And if you're right, get me in on your game. Uh, I mean, what are, what are you doing differently than the rest of the group? Uh, I mean, so we, we can, even though they are provided, we do have a data set of numbers from the amount of customers we have to gauge a range of what is probably probable with the cost of corn and so on and so forth. Jared, you're a cow-calf guy. Tell me real quick about your operation. Yeah, for most part, um, yeah, I calve. I just finished calving. I have about a 60-day calving window. So we calve uh, end of March to end of, end of May. Um, and then everything I have will be run on grass. So uh, generally, I will take calves up somewhere between 450 to 550, 600 pounds. Um, so generally, I'll start selling calves, um, wean them onto grass and sell calves in the fall. Uh, sold as early as August and as late as January, just depending on the market. Okay, so you've got about 110 cow-calf pairs, is that right? Yes, sir. And you're going to keep back... 20 heifers for replacement 20 heifer calves every year for replacements or do you not do that um depending on the market um last year i only kept 10 um just kind of depending on what the market's giving me and what i need to get rid of um i'll keep anywhere from i've kept anywhere from five all the way up to 20 so so you're keeping them and then uh everything else gets sold to be feeders right Yes, sir. Everything will be sold more likely to stalkers. Uh, they'll go to a, to a grow yard um, and then take into 800 pounds before they go to the feedlot. Okay. So uh, do you know what it costs you to get that calf to 500 pounds when it's weaned? Do you know what it costs? Do you know what that calf has in it right now? Because I think that a lot of folks, I think I read, Jared, the average cow-calf operation in the United States is like 36 cows or something and i'm getting the idea that a lot of those guys no offense aren't going to be that sophisticated on the marketing and business side of it because it's more like yeah we got three dozen cows out there on uh 80 acres of rough ground am i right or am i wrong yeah uh, you know it's funny as you get into the different parts of the world yeah the the average size is really small mm -hmm. um but then there are pockets it it's really skewed, if you will, yeah. um, because there are a lot of ranchers across the U.S. There is no point in finding somebody that has well over 200 cows. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, you know, so it, it is the data is accurate, but it is it is skewed and leads to an opinion. Um, but there there's some very good sized ranches across the U.S. Um, that have well over 36 cows um, that do know their cost. Right. Uh, but it is like all of agriculture. We're all off. We're all off on our cost. Meaning, meaning that you think you're not putting enough on it. Like you don't expense, you don't put your cost, you don't cut fixing the fence, using your time. Uh, you're not, you're not punching in enough stuff. Is that where you're wrong? Yeah. I think a lot of people are wrong on that. They're wrong on their feed. Um, same problems us as farmers have. Um, we run through cost a lot faster than we think we have. Well, um, one thing is, and I see here at the De La Rosa farms, when I bought my golf cart as a farm expense, I made sure that I was really good about putting that cost in because I drove around and looked at my cattle. So I called that, you know, when you're drinking a beer, driving your golf cart and looking at cattle, that is a part of the cost structure. Am I right? At least I absolutely for tax purposes. <laughs> absolutely. As well as the ice in the cooler. <laughs> so, so that's the way the taxes went. Anyhow. Well, do you know what's your cost? Of, what's your cost of production for a calf in the year 2022 there at Jared Clark Enterprises? Yeah, I'm going to put, I'll have to get a calf to 450 pounds and wean them. Um, I'll probably be about 650 to 675 this year. Okay, 650 to 675. Let's go to the high side, $675 for that 450, we call the 450 pound calf. Yep. I, I, you're going to be way up on it more than me, but I glanced at the, at the markets uh, a week or so ago and it was on the CME, which isn't really as accurate as what you're getting there in uh, North Central Texas. Um, can I sell that 450 pound calf for $1.75 a pound? Um, so the steers, I'm hoping I end up selling a 450 weight calf for around a dollar ninety to two bucks is okay. what I'm hoping for in November. Okay, so I was, I was a little low. Okay, so call it two bucks. That's a nine hundred dollar calf. So you just you just made uh two hundred twenty five dollars on that calf. Yep. Uh, roughly. So that's a pretty good number. Is and that's not historically how it's always been, right? No, that's it's not historically how it's been. I mean, we've been selling you know 458 calves down for dollar 45 to a dollar 60 um over the last couple of years all right fidel do you advise him he just gave you his expenses and he says i'm at 675 dollars for a 450 pound weaned calf do you say first off do you think his numbers are accurate do you think that your boss yes. has accurate cost information or are you going to call him on the rug and say hey boss you're wrong Tell me, Fidel. That's typical. Yes, sir. That's typical. Average numbers for about for here on the area in the Panhandle. And I know his uh, his cost of gain is going to be a little higher than, than last year. Uh, of course, with the drought, higher cost of feed, gas prices, everything's a little higher. So uh, for for this year, the numbers that his that his inputs, he, it's it's average. All right. Unfortunately, so, a little higher. So put on your you told me you're the cattle risk advisor. Do me some advising. Jared, sell these things immediately. Jared, keep these things back. Turns out you've got grass and nobody else does. Uh, throw some more pounds on them. You're going to get some of that. Uh, Jared, keep these things all the way until they become made into roasts and steaks and burgers because beef is going to stay high for the next year and these calves need only about what another year until they're fattened what are you going to do 
so we get all the numbers that Jared provided with us. We put them in the system, the grid flex, uh, of course, with all the projections that we have, and it'll automatically uh, give us projections month to month up until desired end weight. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not until then that those projections are run that we could start implementing uh, test trades is what we call them in the system. So we'd play a little bit with, you know, with futures and options and every operation is going to be different depending on how much risk uh, a customer can take. It's going to vary a little bit. Um, and they will, ultimate decision will come down to them if they want to go with futures or options. And that's where- Why don't the, you explain that? Why don't you them. explain that to me? What's that mean? I'm just, hey, I'm just, yes, sir. I'm, just so, I'm, I'm just a rancher, man. I just, I just know how to really get nice, pretty calves pull. I get them out of the cow and they're out there. I don't know what any of that stuff means. Futures and options. You've thrown that word at me seven times. Hey, I don't have an MBA like you in, uh, in cattle production. Talk to me, Fidel. What's those two things mean? So they're both hedges. Futures and options are both hedges. In Jared's case, uh, he's got the, he's got the cattle now. Yep. He's looking to sell them in November, December. Um, so he can either probably even sooner, short the board. Probably even sooner, right? You got some, some of those March calves on, are going to be at 450 pounds by about September, aren't they? Some of them are, yeah. Yes, sir. Like like Jared explained, I mean, it'll depending on the what the market does, uh, the drought. Obviously, if we continue to be on the drought, it'll you know, he, he'll, he'll probably sell them a little, a lot sooner. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yes, sir. Yeah. So go ahead. So what, what we're saying there is Fidel, what would you, you you're going to look at all the stuff and first off you're explaining futures, okay. futures and options. Yes, sir. So pretty much, uh, feeder cattle are off of per contract basis, which is 50,000 pounds, 50,000 pounds of feeder cattle make one contract. Uh, first we get the number of cattle that he has times it by the weight that he's going to get rid of them at. And then we'll divide by 50,000 pounds. We'll have a, we'll have an idea of how many contracts we need to hedge for them. After that, then we start implementing the trades. Like I mentioned before, um, whether you want to sell your, some, some futures, futures, what you do pretty much simplistically, you sell them like Jared in his case, he would sell them, lock in that price. Whatever the market does, essentially if it goes up or down, he's, he's hedged, he's locked in. So that's futures. Options on the other hand, which would be put options, you have the right but not the obligation to sell. You put a base under it, it, it has, you cover your, your, you cover your downside, to an extent, not like a futures, but you also leave more upside potential. So it's a little different. They both they both vary depending on, like I mentioned before, depending on how much risk you can take or how much you want to take. Um, you consider doing futures or options, and some people do a little bit of both. Did I have to pay? Did I have to pay to get that downside protection? Yes, sir. It'd be premium, like premium on a car insurance. So for how much did it, I pay? It, it, I'm, pull, I'm pulling my calculator up. How much did I pay? So it varies, you know, it varies. Off, those prices will vary off of what the market's doing with 
higher volatility, those put options are going to cost a little more. Okay. As well as if you want more protection, price protection, it's going to cost you a little more. Okay. So, so that premium is going to be a little higher, the more protection you want on, on that price. Jared, you gave me the numbers that you, you said $675 cost of production. We just used a round number of 450 uh, pounds and $2. It could end up being less than that, but could it be more pounds, but let's just use those numbers, 900 bucks. You're making a little over $200, $225. did you use GridFlex yourself to market those calves? Did you use GridFlex to make that? Yeah, decision? I do. Um, I did. You know, for me, it was an easy decision. Um, my personal stance is I am bullish the market. And so I ended up, but I have good profitability. We got 225 bucks there. So I ended up spending about nine cents or I could look at that and say, I spent about 40 bucks ahead at 450 pounds to buy a put option. I protect my downside. Now I have all of the upside potential. You um, did, you did, you that's did protect me. Yourself. I'm just, you, uh, you did spend $40 on a put to protect yourself from downside risk. Yep. That's right. Okay. Yep. So what the price is, I could be wrong. Okay, what what's um, what does that mean when you bought you gave yourself downside protection? What is your you gave yourself a price floor? Yeah, I just put in a price floor. Yes, sir. What, yeah. So floor? if what, price, what, what's what's your floor yeah. price? Uh, about one seventy. Okay. So if it goes and so about one seventy still makes you a little bit of money. And then you could also go yep. up to these, but these, these cattle, these calves could be $2 and 10 cents come September. Right. Yeah. I think there's possibilities in there where the market is current. Um, we're getting rid of cattle. Um, just depending on where corn goes, um, man, we've had big droughts across the whole U S over the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of cattle in the yards that will not, once they get through, um, my my belief, my guess as a producer is we're going to be short cattle in the coming year or two. I think we're going to be short cattle also, and I want to get to that before I do. Hey, Fidel, just you and me talking here. Jared can't hear us. Did he screw up or did he do the right thing? No, he did the right thing. Uh-huh. I advised him, so. <laughs> you, you're, his, you're his advisor. Okay, here, answer me this. He spent 40 bucks. If I'm a grid flex, if I use you, if I am a cattle producer and I use you, do I pay, do I pay money for the grid flex beyond just the 40 bucks or how does that work? Or is that all part of the deal? No, sir. So we offer, we offer two, um, two different ways to look at it. Um, we, t- we, we do trading futures and options, all that stuff yeah. that typically that runs at $35 aside, the grid flex and the consulting, uh, that's, we, we can, that's, that's separate. So, uh, that would be typically runs about a dollar per head. Per year. Okay. So if I, if uh, I become a Sylvia's financial cattle customer, so if I become a Sylvia's financial cattle customer, I'm spending a buck ahead plus what? So, so the, it, but the minimum, uh, it's a minimum of 2000 a year, one time annual fee. Okay. Um, that's for the consulting and the software. Mm-hmm. 
Now you might not want the consulting and software and you just want to do strictly trading, then that'd be $35 per contract per side. $35 per contract and a contract is 50,000 pounds of live weight cattle. Feeder cattle. Feeder cattle. Yes, sir. Feeder cattle, 50,000 pounds. Uh, live cattle or fat cattle would be 40,000 pounds. Got it. One contract. A difference. Go ahead. It varies a little bit. I didn't know there was a difference on a contract. So 50,000 pounds is a contract on fats? Feeder feed cattle. Yes, sir. Feeder cattle. Feed yes, sir. Yeah. And 40,000 pounds fats are is, is, uh, is on fats. That makes a yes, Okay, real quick, Jared. One of the things I like about Silvius Financial, we, you came, you started sponsoring Extreme Ag and and working with us and explaining uh, your awesome products and what your company can do for all of our grain farmers. You know, you said we integrate commodity marketing with crop insurance because you can provide all that and government programs you integrate those three so then when it comes to on-farm profitability i'm saying all right i got a thousand acres of corn out here what the hell should i do and then you do the same thing you put it into your software and say all right it looks like we might have 760 let's go through all the price scenarios seven dollar corn 720 corn 740 corn 760 corn we go through all that then we say okay what are the government programs um, can I get a government program that makes it so I don't have to spend as much on crop insurance? And then there's a lot of times we don't think about that. Oh, turns out you didn't need as much crop insurance. Oh, wait, there is no government program. You need shitloads of crop insurance. You've done that. So that's the cool thing is that you integrate all those three things. I'm talking about corn. I'm talking about soybeans. I'm talking about wheat. Wait a minute. There's no crop insurance for beef. And there might be a government program, but the ones that I have seen, like say, oh, it's dry in your area. Here's $41 per uh, brood cow you have because you probably had to buy some hay. Am I right that there's no programs? And so the integration of the three things like you do so well with the grain crops, you can't do with cattle, right? Wrong. I'm trying not to swing. You're, you're setting me up and I'm ready to take a, a whack at it. Yeah, it, it looks different on the cattle side, but we do have programs. Um, you know, we've got a couple of programs that RMA provides through the crop insurance industry. Um, one, we have LRP, um, Livestock Risk Protection. And that's, so that's I can, through the United States Department of Agriculture. Yes, sir. That's through USDA and RMA, just like all crop insurance that farmers have. Same delivery system. So I can come in with LRP and help protect my price. I've also got, if I look at the cow-calf industry and the stalker industry, um, one of my biggest inputs is grass or annuals. So whether that be wheat or hay, whatever it is, and I have two programs that are based off of rainfall. So I've got grass that I run cows on year round. What's my big biggest risk outside of price, do I get rain to grow grass for these cows to eat? Mm -hmm. We have a program, an insurance program that will protect against lack of rainfall. And so we can bring these things in with the matrix and what changes is I don't get grass, my cost goes up. Why? I'm feeding them everything they have to eat now. Mm -hmm. um, and so we do have integration that we can bring in to build you a package of risk management outside of what do they weigh and what am I going to sell them at? Okay, so 
there is a government program that resembles crop insurance. Crop insurance means I can essentially, I can guarantee revenue to be positive. That's the great thing about the crop insurance yep. thing is that it's, you know, we like to say it's for a disaster. The reality is the crop insurance program is not just disaster. It really does get to where you can guarantee revenue that's even positive revenue. Am I right? That is correct. Okay. Yep. And then you can help me at Sylvia's do those things, but you're saying we got a similar one, LRP, that we can do. We, we do have, we have a product from you, which is like a crop insurance. We can buy cattle insurance for revenue protection from Sylvia's, right? Yep. I, I wouldn't say revenue protection. I'd say price. They won't guarantee weight on the cattle yet, but they'll say, hey, we'll at least, we, we'll ensure the price component of that revenue. Okay. It's up to me to make the pounds. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, if you, if you're in a beef production business, you sure as hell should be able to make the pounds. So I got Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So what about the government? That was a crop insurance type of program. And that's, you can buy that. Where's the government yep. program? Is there a government program that, or is it part of the same thing? Yeah. FSA also comes in um, with a program, uh, livestock forage. So as we have been in a D3, D4 drought over the past six to eight months, um, they've actually come in and um, one, I had the rainfall product through RMA insurance. So as we have been lack of rainfall, I haven't grown as much grass. I've been feeding more supplement. Um, my rainfall program has actually been giving me indemnities to help pay for that feed. The flip side through FSA, through LFP, as we have qualified for these droughts, they have been sending um, money as well, um, you know, that helps pay for feed and whatnot as we've been in, in severe droughts. So there is the integration of uh, crop insurance, government programs, and commodity marketing. Same thing on the cattle side as there is on the grain side. Yep. Okay. Uh, Fidel, what, do, what mistake do you see? What mistake do you see out there with uh, producers? That well, um, what mistake that, that, that you see that costs them money? Not hedging and leaving it on the table to, you know, well, well let's see for the, for the, I hope it rains, you know, I hope the market doesn't go crazy. Uh, that that's a big mistake that I see. So my, not not protecting the, myself at all. Not protecting, yes, sir. Not not managing, not protecting that their their risk. Okay, we've talked a lot about cow calf stuff. Fidel, you've got a bunch of your customers that are just feed yard people, right? We've got we've got some that take their cattle to to fats, yes, sir. So I mean, we're talking about some of these feed yards. There's like forty thousand head of cattle out there. Are they a Sylvia's financial customer? Or do they somehow keep their stuff in house? Who, uh, who's who's the ideal customer for you to protect themselves and make themselves more money? We could we could work with an operation that big. However, typically around the area, uh, those are done in house. I believe uh, the clients that we have now are more the you know anywhere from fifty head of cattle to two thousand, so okay. around that range. Okay. But we, we could do, we can manage it all. So. Yeah. So you still do have feed yard people, you have cow calf people, et cetera. Grid flex, Jared, uh, devil's advocate. I've got 
couple hundred cows. Um, I also retain ownership of some of them because I think I want to make money on them. I maybe feed them myself, whatever. What's the difference between GridFlex and somebody else that's banging on my office door that wants my business to do this? What's the difference between Sylvie's Financial and the GridFlex product versus anybody else that tries to tell me they can help me market my cattle? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, our biggest difference, just as the same on the row crop side, um, we want to illustrate, we want to be able to visually see, take the emotion out of the game. Okay. We want you to be able to look at it. And when I say, hey, Damien, I think you need to sell five weight calves. Why do I think you need to sell five weight calves? Because there's a profitability that goes with that that is different than taking them to an eight weight calf. Mm -hmm. I think that is one reason. The next reason I think is being able to put some of these pieces of the puzzle together. As I look at my operation this year, I am bullish the markets personally, um, but I was also able to put my knowledge together to give my chance, a, give myself a chance at a bullish market. Yeah. Um, I think you and I agree about the bullish thing. I'm a little concerned though about the consumer. The consumer's held up pretty well, but they're getting whacked uh, all over the place. And that's where I honestly think that I would want somebody that's protecting me on the downside, just like you did. As much as I'm bullish, I also see a lot of pain among middle America, uh, you know, between gas prices, uh, electricity prices, your home insurance is probably doubled. I mean, there's a lot of things that then don't bode well for steak. They might bode well for hot dogs instead of steak. And then I think that's going to whack us. So I'd probably be in that realm of persons that wants to get the protection. So you told me on the protection uh, on the downside, you spend about 40 bucks a calf. You probably have somebody that says, well, I could lose a lot of money, you know, just play in the market. Why spend $40 a calf and then pay you for the $2,000 a year to help me? That's the person that's going to give you that. What's your answer to that person? Get after it. Um, I mean, seriously, get after it. Uh, we all have different. We all have different philosophies as we look at the market. And um, when I look at this market, I I am running a business. Um, I am running a um, I'm running a business, a cow calf business, and my goal is to give it to my son one day. And so my goal is to be profitable and to be smart, so that I have a business that, if he so chooses, it can be his one day. Um, and so that is where I go, man, yeah, I've got some money to lose in these calves, but is that my purpose in this business? And to me, no, it's not. It is to run a profitable business. Fidel, right now, I'm looking at near record corn prices, near record soybean prices. We know that soybean meal gets blended into cattle feed. Um, I don't know about hay. I don't buy it. I don't keep up with the markets there. A little bit of hay gets used in cattle. Okay, it's through the roof also. And then we're also talking about at the store, at the grocery store, beef prices up 12 to 24%, depending on the cut. And that's just year over year, not to mention what happened before. Anyway, the point is stuff's high. Uh, cattle prices appear high. You know, he's talking about selling feeders for, uh, or two, uh, he's talking about selling stockers for two bucks a, a pound. Do I need your services more now? when stuff's high or do I need your services more when things are low? When do I need you the most, Fidel? Well, I, you know, and that's a- Things that's are a flush question. right now. Uh, he's going to make money. Even at $8 corn, he's going to make money on those calves. He'd probably make money if he fed them out. Do I, do I need you when things are good? Do I need you when things are bad? 
I believe the volatility and the uncertainty is always going to be there. So that's, I mean, you need me, I'd say, you know, when, when things are good or when things are, are, are down. So uh, as we've seen here, just in the last couple of years, uh, markets have been crazy. Uh, Cattle producers have been hammered with just about everything in the book from fires and packing plants to pandemics to, you know, input prices, diesel, inflation and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, it seems like, like you would need more, you know, the, the, the the risk advice and all that stuff. But uh, I think you, I think you need risk. You need, I think you need to manage that risk uh, always. Jerry, do you, do you, do you see where customers, I obviously play the devil's advocate there a little bit, but I would see where folks, when things are good, say, well, I don't need your services. Hell, I'm making all kinds of money. What are you going to do for me? And then I can see when they're bad, say, I can't afford your services. I'm not making any money. So that's the way I'm guessing the two ends of the spectrum are when it comes to why do business with Sylvius or not. Am I right? Absolutely. And that's within all of agriculture. Within all of agriculture, when it's good, we don't need help. And when it's bad, I can't afford help. Yeah. Um, but in reality, where, where do we where do we grow? It's always in that top five to 10% of what we can make. That's where I grow. That's where I build capital. That is where I provide back to my family. And so, you know, you really got to manage that in the bad times and you've got to capitalize on it in the high times. Um, And sometimes that is a running average. Um, I I need to make that top five, 10% over a five-year average. Um, and so do you really have money to lose when you hadn't been making that 5% last year? No, you don't. You really don't have money to lose even when it's flush times. Yeah. So I, I, I'd probably say that there's a, a, a need for it in all things, but I've seen this, I've seen this my whole life. I, like you said, I don't need help now. Things are flush. Oh, I can't afford help. Things are bad. Um, closing well, Damien, thoughts. I, I'm going to argue just a second, even though we're talking $2 feeders, we're not as plush as we think $2 feeders should offer. Uh, I, I mean, middle America is, is hurting right now, just as you mentioned with gas prices. And we alluded to this, but very quickly between the drought that a lot of the West has experienced this year, I mean, hay prices double, I mean, cake, 20% cube proteins, extremely high. Um, there's some benefit and room for profit in here, but it's not as plush as America makes it out to be looking at the beef prices that are in the store. I, I just wanted to be clear on that. We've, we've joked around that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Two bucks is great. And I love seeing a $2 price. That if yeah, I but your, get co- that, your cost. I'm your happy. Cost. But it's, it, to get $2 feeders this year, it's going to come at a cost. Yeah, it's I mean, not a freebie. Your, your cost structure is up from, like you said, cost of feed. I'm sure everything, calf medicine, every everything that you use is uh, expenses being passed on. And I, I'd agree with all that. Absolutely. Uh, Fidel, what thing did we not cover on the last uh, minute or so out the door here? What, what what thing did we not cover? What what thing do you want to leave people with? No, just uh, kind of touch. I know we covered it, but uh, just want to, you know, br- bring up the topic again about Jared made a point earlier about emotion. 
um, we try to get that emotion out of the decision-making process and look at numbers. Uh, essentially, that's what the program was made for. Um, and that's, that's where you, that's where you manage your risk. Fidel Bursiaga is a cattle risk advisor, but what we didn't tell you, dear listener and viewer, he also has a tremendous amount of accolades and experience as a meat uh, analysis guy. He's a meat, what do we call it? Meat, a meat judger, a meat, uh, you were on the meats team for your university, right? I wasn't on the meats team, but I did work with uh, the meat scientists there for uh, four years. All right. So one thing I always try to explain to my people, like the, my suburban friends, and they say, Black Angus, Black Angus. But I said, you realize that there can also, it all comes down to carcass quality, right? Huh? <laughs> so you ask me this, Fidel, if that animal is a, a Black Angus or it's a Hereford and it's hanging there, does it matter what color its, uh, its fur was when it's hanging there as a carcass in terms of quality? In the end, no, uh, you do get your premiums for black. Uh, some programs offer premiums for uh, black hides, um, but on the rail, I mean, a choice is going to be a choice. A uh, prime is going to be a prime. So a lot of those primes are Holsteins, right? There are some, I've seen some primes that are Holsteins. The I best have. pen I ever saw in four years of working with uh, for WT was a pen of they were they were uh, F1 crosses 50-50 Wagyu Holstein crosses. And that's I the, think and they that's averaged the best, car, the like best car 90, you ever saw. Yes, sir. Well, on average, that pen that pen I think they averaged uh, ninety percent, ninety three percent prime. Yeah. So, it that's was cool. yeah. Even even the guys that had seen you know that there's some guys that worked there for 20, 30 years. And, they were taking pictures of them and talking about it. So I was, I was there that night that they died. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a sad, but yet good story. All right. Uh, Jared, what last that's tip, good. what last tip or uh, thought do you have to, uh, something you want to leave our listeners with about uh, everything we've covered today when it comes to marketing cattle? Yeah, I think it's the same tip I have on the grain side. Our philosophy is the same. Be aware of what's around you. Be, be aware of the, available options, be aware of what tools you have available, um, and then pull out the right one, because there's one there for you. Might not realize it, but you have everything at your disposal um, to make smart risk management decisions. You just gotta um, look for a place that knows how they work. One of the things I actually liked that you said when I was playing the devil's advocate there about 10 minutes ago, I said, man, things are good, why do I need you? And then you said, hey, have at it. And I think that's kind of cool. Like uh, when you get to where you're like, I know I can make your money. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Go do your thing. Uh, it's, it's fine. His name is Jared Clark. He's CEO of Silvius Financial. Uh, he's joined by Fidel Bursiaga, cattle risk advisor, also with Silvius Financial. These guys are Texas guys. They're cattle guys. They know what they're talking about. And just like on the crop side, the goal of Silvius Financial is to integrate the role uh, of advisor for commodity marketing along with uh, infusing it with uh, commodity uh, programs from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, as well as your crop insurance. And you can get an insurance package for uh, your beef also. So call these guys if you want to make more money on your cattle operation, uh, whether you're a cow-calf person or a feed yard person or everything in between, stocker, feeder, guy that uh, you know rides around a horse, looks at him in a pen, whatever, they can help you. Where do they find you? Uh, they can find us on all social media. Um, or just go to silviusfinancial.com.
Got it. Thanks for being here, guys. Till next time, my name is Damian Mason, and you have been listening to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, brought to you by Sylvius Financial. Sylvius advisors show business-minded farmers how to integrate government programs with crop insurance, as well as crop and cattle marketing to achieve positive financial outcomes. Learn more at sylviusfinancial.com.